Hey, fellas, you know, if you want to get the best out of yourself and you want to get the best for yourself, well, then you got to give yourself the best. And the best you can get is at manscaped.com. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use that promo code DNVR20. So whether you're getting the spritzer, the gel, the deodorant, you need a new razor, you just need another pair of the most comfortable boxers you've ever worn in your life, you use that promo code DNVR20 at manscaped.com today, and you're going to be feeling the best version of yourself. And go. In the air, deep right center field. Two right. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering. Excuse me, had a real mix up with the equipment there for a second. Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR. Rockies, and on this episode, believe it or not, we've got to talk about a win for your ball club. They did it, folks. They did it. After a week of not being able to find their way into a win, the Colorado Rockies have scored a victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of three to two. And it was a hard fought, well earned, well played baseball game. From the Colorado Rockies, a couple of things still to nitpick here and there, to be sure, and and we'll jump into those. But you got to be very happy with the game again that Ryan Castellani pitched. Big game for Tony Walters. Rymal Tapia continues to look locked in at the plate. Good defense for the most part from the team, and your bullpen coming out and slamming the door shut at the end. Again, this is the formula for the Colorado Rockies: is to keep games low scoring in control, and then to find a way to, obviously, hopefully for them, win them at the end. Uh, It hadn't been working out that way. Uh, You know, they had kept some of those games close in Houston. It just didn't go their way. This one, they happened to. A little bit of uh, luck went their way with a couple of the, the best hit balls of the evening for Arizona going out to the biggest part of the ballpark there in center field but obviously the Rockies are are going to take it with you know the amount of luck that's gone the other way so a cheers of this Breck brew I've got the avalanche amber here to a Colorado Rockies win let us begin with a really fantastic performance from your draft king of the game Ryan Castellani. Remember to use that promo code DNVR at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, by the way. But Ryan Castellani with a six-inning, two-run performance, uh, the three strikeouts, the three walks, both runs coming on solo shots 
really, so let's talk about those first. The pitch to Cole Calhoun, which was the first run he gave up in the game, I didn't think was especially terrible. It was a fastball high that he wanted to be a fastball high, and he wanted it a little bit more in and probably a little bit higher, up above the hands, as they say, right? And where it was, it's not a terrible pitch if a guy's not expecting it or not ready to get at it. But obviously Calhoun was, and at 93, 94 miles an hour, it doesn't quite have the juice to blow it by him anyway. And so Calhoun, a good big lefty power hitter, uh, who sometimes is going to sit on a, a fastball up because the nice thing about that from a hitter's perspective is it's easier to drive that ball into the air. And he was able to do that, no doubter, right? The second home run that Castellani gave up was on a really bad pitch. He, he hung a changeup there in the fourth inning to Christian Walker. Uh, and it was just a bad pitch. And it was actually kind of indicative of some of the issues that he's had in his minor league career, and so far to this point in, in his major league career. In fact, you, you even saw it in this one, right, that the two runs he gave up, he's been home run prone. That has been his Achilles heel so far. Uh, you don't love the three walks. He hasn't been super walk prone, and he did battle the command out there today, especially early. I felt like he tightened up as the game went along. In the first inning, I felt like he was kind of 50-50 spraying the ball. It seemed like every other pitch... He would miss his spot by a good six, seven, eight inches. And, uh, you know, it just happened to be outside of the zone. And that's what you want. Like, if you're going to miss bad, that's the ideal way to do it. You don't want to miss bad and in the zone. That's where guys tend to do a whole lot of damage. And he did that once in the game. The changeup, he's trying to throw low and away, wasn't even close. It hangs up and in to Christian Walker. Uh, a guy who basically only hits mistake pitches, which is, you know, a bummer there. If if a Cattell Marte or a Starling Marte go and get you for one, or even like I was just talking about, Cole Calhoun, you tip your cap a little bit on that one. But when you hang a changeup like that to a guy who's, you know, a career 200 hitter who does have pop, but only to the pole side, and only if you make a mistake, and then you throw a changeup up and in, and he, and he hits a no-doubter to left field, to at that point tie the game up at 2-2, that's a rough pitch. That's one that that he and Bud Black are going to have a conversation about. Where the other one, not so much. And the rest of the game, really, really good stuff, especially, like I said, as he locked in there for the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. I thought that slider really started to become a filthy pitch for him there, particularly in that at-bat uh, to... Uh, to against, I guess, uh, Nick Ahmed right after that home run that Christian Walker hit. He was still there in the fourth, and then he plunked a guy. So now you're almost worried, okay, this could start getting away from him here. You know, he gives up a, a line drive in the gap, and that's another run has come around to score, and he's starting to fall apart a little bit after he just plunked the guy. But Nick Ahmed up there, and he didn't give in and throw the fastball to a, to a guy who was clearly hunting for one because you saw the swings that Nick Ahmed took. He swung it four fastballs or five fastballs, and he saw five sliders strike him out. You know, and that was the second. I was going to say sit down, you know, inning over, but it was actually the second out. But really good stuff there for uh, Castellani. And then again, uh, going back out in, in, and having a quick inning in the sixth and finishing his night on a strikeout, I think was a pretty good way for him to 
go out. And he got some help in that fifth inning from one of the strangest baseball plays that I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so Calhoun was on first, right? And I, I can't remember who it was now. It, it doesn't matter. Somebody hit the ball. To, I think it's Cattell Marte, actually, just now off the top of my head. Lifts one in the medium deep left field. And Rymal Tapia settles underneath it and catches it. So far, we're good, right? So far, not, I, if you didn't watch the game and, and what I just said, you're like, dude, okay, baseball play. Sure, guy on first, medium out to medium left center field. And this is where the weirdness started happening. Tapia came up firing. No idea why. I can't, he, you know, no one sings that kid's praises more than me. And I'm going to do it again here in just a little bit. But what in the world he was trying to do on that play, I have got no idea. Calhoun's only a few feet off the bag. Maybe you try to catch him napping. If you fire it to first there in the air, you know, you, you live with it. But he short hopped Daniel Murphy, who's four feet off the bag and not the best, most athletic uh, defender. We know that, right? And so, and so Murphy can't handle the throw because it wasn't a particularly good one. And it was certainly one he probably wasn't expecting to come in. And, and Tapia can fire it too. So that, that probably came in at like 98 miles an hour and pops off of him up in the air. And my first thought was, okay, well, that was dumb. And the Rockies just gave the Diamondbacks a base, right? But then Tony Wolters, Johnny on the spot. You got to be there. It's just a lot of catchers oftentimes aren't or when the ball bounces off of the first baseman like that, typically, and we talked about this the other day in the Dodgers game, it doesn't go right to a fielder. And then it did. And so Walters has the ball now, and Calhoun is caught in what appears to be a clear rundown, right? Except Walters is having a little bit of trouble getting the ball out of his glove, and it's a bit of a strange play because... You know, you've got the catcher running somebody towards second base. So here we are. And then, of course, you know, it's starting to get where uh, a close throw it was going to be a close play. He was really going to have to make a good throw and get around him. He fires it that way. And Calhoun, I have never in my life seen this, jumped and, and nodded at the baseball with his head. He very clearly, very purposefully bonked the ball. Uh, so that was a very unusual play and the umpires rightfully called him out for the final out of the fifth inning. But that was, that was a new one for me. I, I, you know, that's right. Wild the innocent, it, it, it is a, a great baseball saying that's one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen. Cause it's, it's that type of game, but yeah, the, uh, not a great baseball IQ play all the way around there. Well, right from. From pretty much everybody involved, that was a bizarre one. Well, hey, we got to talk about a couple of guys who weren't able to be draft king of the game because Ryan Castellani continues to be so darn impressive here in the early going of his career. But we do have to drink this here Breck Brew. Again, got my Avalanche Amber 
can get it down at the farmhouse if you call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use that code DNVR. You'll save five bucks off both the food and the beer. Uh, and again, a cheers here now to Tony Walters and Rymel Tapia, the offensive heroes of this game for your Colorado Rockies. Of course, in a one-run game, you do still have to drink a little bit of this avalanche amber, excuse me, for uh, Trevor Story. And a monster, monster jam in the first inning. Boy, does he like hitting in Arizona. Trevor Story now has 20 home runs in 70 games played against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which, uh, that is that's a, that is a quality rate. Um, but yeah, he put one about 450 feet to left field. 107 miles an hour off the bat on a hanging curveball. Just obliterated that one to give his young pitcher and Castellani at least a, a cushion, right? A lead. Um, not a ton of breathing room, but certainly it's better to pitch with a lead than without. Really, really good stuff there from Story, obviously. But other than that, the stars of your Colorado Rockies offense and you know, typically did not get involved in this one. Uh, now, Nolan, I'm sure, pretty frustrated on the night, getting intentionally passed a couple of times. And he did have a base hit uh, in his first at-bat, hit the ball real hard there after getting the night off. But you could see Tori Lavola going, I'm not letting this happen to me again. Um, the Diamondbacks are the team that had to pay for the last time Nolan Arenado sat out a game. And... Daniel Murphy was really not able to make them pay for it in a huge way. Obviously, he was able to get the one sack fly. And again, in a one-run game, those are all huge. If Daniel Murphy hits into the double play there, as he did in the first inning, that's a, you know, that's that's probably a loss right there. But he hit a line drive. And I'll tell you what, it was... It was a hard line drive that got to the warning track in right for a second. I thought maybe it was going to get out. If that thing's in the gap uh, or just a little bit one way or the other from the fielder, that's probably a bases clearing double for Murph. But obviously you take the sack fly. It was looking there like the Rockies might end up with another situation where they had runners at second and third, nobody out. And then we're going to come up with no run. But how do we get there, right? Back to our guys. Tony Walters starting both of those rallies uh, and overplaying it really there in the third ended up being huge. Gets the single to center field. Solid hit, one of his more solid hits of the season. Nice line drive right up the middle. Good approach, good swing on a decent pitch. He's at first base, okay? Then... Tapia, one of his three hits on the day, another one back up the middle. But Walters had to see it through, and so he didn't have the best jump. And I was shocked that he took off for third. And he was probably going to be out, if not for the play. But he dove into third base with the gusto of, uh, yeah, what was it? <laughs> Who just called him to Pete Rose? Tony, <laughs> Will, yeah. It was the Pete Rose dive into third base. I mean, he caught air on that thing. He was going all out. 
Ryan, I agree. I think he was playing with some anger, with some drive. He was doing what he could to make something happen. And, and it did there. You know, the throw beat him. If the third baseman was a little bit further back, uh, he can probably just accept that right at the bag and tag Walters out unless Walters can swim around it or, or something like that. But given that the they went with the, the physical nature of the play, that's all that can happen. And, you know, we've... I saw a little bit of debate about the two plays, like why is one, why is the play on Calhoun interference and the play on Walters isn't. It's very clear in the rule book, but still. And, and you'll recall, uh, remember the Nolan Arenado basket catch, and then he almost threw Harrison Bader out at home plate last year in 2019. Uh, but the only reason Bader wasn't out at home was because his foot collided with Don Nunez's glove. Now, he didn't kick the ball out of Don Nunez's glove on purpose. His foot just collided with the glove, and the ball came out. Uh, if he had slid, he probably would have been out. You know, And there's no way Walters can see what's going on behind him. You can't give him intentionality the way you can Cole Calhoun, who clearly was like looking over his shoulder and jumped up to get in the way of the ball. Tony has no idea where the throw is coming in. He's just leaping into the bag and probably trying to cause a mess there at third, which is exactly what he did. But it was a perfectly legal mess for him to cause. And it ended up getting Tapia to second, which was big too. Then, of course, you know, the walk to Nolan, get the sack fly out of Daniel Murphy. Uh, The strikeout there of Trevor Story, tough time for that to come. You'd really like to see Story, Arenado, uh, and Murphy in general, though he did in this instance, having better situational at-bats when it comes to those spots. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, Flame I see here saying that Kemp isn't producing and needs to DH just against lefties and, and Murphy against righties. Uh, you know, Kemp had a ball. He had a scorcher in his first at-bat of the day. It went at 106 miles an hour just right at the left fielder but he has cooled off considerably and I wouldn't be against that idea of him just DHing against lefties which I think was sort of the strategy coming in and then he was so hot and then he um I think it was a a righty reliever came into a game I can't remember now probably the Padres and Kemp got him and they went well if he's hitting righties too we'll keep him in there but uh yeah uh I don't hate it. I I don't disagree with you. And I didn't want to make a thing, Flame Man, about the the Trevor Story check swing either. And you know who was at first. You know the umpire who was at first base. I I was just like, he's still umping Rockies games, you know, or any games at all. But there he was, Rob Drake. I didn't think Story went either. But um, still, he does need to be a little bit more disciplined on those breaking pitches outside of the zone in those those at-bats. I, I, I really want to see him learn more and more uh, a contact approach in those specific at-bats. But it's tough to totally change your approach at the plate just because there's rec- runners on second and third, nobody out. And I think, you know, him trying to do that, actually you saw him in that at-bat, the first pitch I think was a fastball uh, if not right down the middle, certainly middle away, a pitch he can absolutely handle. But I think he, he was looking at it because he was kind of waiting for something he could just kind of lo- loft and handle as opposed to something he could attack. Um, 
So it's a learning process for sure, but still good stuff out of Walters and Tapia to create the situation and then doing so again. As it turned out, the, the single through the right side there in the fifth after Tony Walters led off with a double from Rymel Tapia ends up being your game-winning hit. Tap is now batting uh, 3.06 on the season, drove in a run in this one, three for five in the game since he's been in the leadoff spot. Even his first and last at-bat where he didn't get hits, he saw six pitches in the first at-bat, set a nice tone, fouled off some tough ones, laid off a few tough ones. Uh, he saw a lot of pitches in this game, really in general, and that last at-bat that he had, uh, though he hit into a double play, hit it real hard up the middle. In fact, that might have been the hardest hit ball he had in the game. Baseball is kind of funny that way. Yeah, it was. It was. It was uh, 99 miles an hour off the bat. It just ended up going right to the um, second baseman for the double play. So... Rymel Tapia, since being in the leadoff spot, has also shown, I think, a great deal of uh, discipline that I had never really expected out of him. You know, as, again, one of his biggest believers, and maybe his biggest believer, and is a great sign for what he can do. Because when he locks in with his contact, that at bat you saw where he got his first hit, which I think was on the 10th pitch of the at bat, and he fouled off a couple of sliders, one that was really good and in the zone, one that was really good and got just out of the zone. That's a, It's a swing and a miss and a strikeout when he's not going well, and it's a swing and a miss and a strikeout for most guys that offer at that pitch just anyway, uh, and he fouled it off. And the broadcast, Goodman and Houston started talking about how that was kind of his profile coming up through the minors, and a big smile came across my face. He was like, yeah, I've seen him take a ton of these at-bats where he – Fouls it off, fouls it off, fouls it off. And then the pitcher just gets frustrated. I wrote an article a couple of years ago about Rymel Tapia and, and, and him when he was really in a good spot and what that was like. And, and I had talked to John Gray about it. And he said, man, he just frustrates the hell out of you because he will foul off your best stuff. And then when you finally make a mistake... He'll just put the barrel right on that thing and it'll go into the gap and now you've got a runner at second or third. In this case, it just went for the single, but it was it was exactly that thing and you could feel the pitcher give in there and just go, fine, get yourself out. I'm putting this fastball in the zone. These sliders aren't doing the trick. I'm not going to get him to swing and miss. I'm going to try to get him to pop up or something like that. And Toppy just hit it on a line right back where it came from. Really, really good at bat and really good process for Rymel Tapia at the plate as of late. And I think he's going to continue to be the Rockies' leadoff man for the foreseeable future, uh, you know, as we move along here. So great stuff from those guys, but really not much else from the rest of the offense. An 0 for day for McMahon. Uh, an O for Day, as we had talked about, for Matt Kemp. O for Day for Sam Hilliard. Garrett Hampson didn't do anything in a late start after Charlie Blackman had to be scratched with uh, left quad tightness. We'll obviously have to keep you up to date on all of that. But yeah, well, when when 
Tapia is swinging for the gaps and not for the five-run home run, he's a really good hitter. And, and that's what he's been lately. And if he stays inside of himself for a while, he could go on a nice run here. And he's going to be a great table setter for when Nolan Arenado really gets going, which is going to start to happen. And if these other guys hit around him, teams aren't going to be able to intentionally pass on him with the hope that he doesn't get hot on them, right? Which really felt like what Tori Lavolo was doing. It was a smart strategy. If I'm Nolan, I'm trying really hard not to be super frustrated right now that they just basically wouldn't give me an opportunity to be an impact player in this game. Uh, that's going to be tougher to do in games when Charlie Blackman's in the lineup. And it's certainly going to be tougher to do if Daniel Murphy can turn things around a little bit. Uh, I think we saw good swings out of him tonight from Murphy, including the sack fly. But we also saw some ugly swings out of him on some curveballs in the dirt that he just wasn't close on. And so going back and forth there uh, could end up being the case that you need somebody else behind Arenado for protection if more teams are going to take that kind of strategy. Because you've got uh, here five left on base for Murphy, four left on base for McMahon, three for Story, two for Arenado. That's the kind of stuff that gets frustrating for fans and managers and 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 those guys as well but still obviously you you gotta you gotta find a way to push a few more of these runs across the Rockies still with the left on base problem tonight and the you know not getting all the key hits obviously Tapia getting a couple of them and uh Tony getting a couple of them for you so hey don't forget to check out our friends over at WGT Golf you know it's the most fun free golf game in the world you can get it on your phone or on your laptop over at dnvrgolf.com again totally free play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world famous golf courses including beth page black st andrews a whole bunch of other ones we got dnvr country clubs that you can join we got a third one now that's how much fun and how popular this game has been you don't want to miss out so again totally for free go and download it right now right right now you can do it it's really easy at dnvrgolf.com can't get out of here without a big tip of the cap and a congratulations to the colorado rockies bullpen for slamming the door shut yancy almonte got himself into a little bit of a sticky situation after two quick outs in the seventh allowed a pair of hard hit singles through the right side um I'll be curious now. I'm not in the post-game press conference because I'm doing this live post-game chat with all of you, but uh, exactly what happened there because it didn't look like Bud Black came out to remove Yancy Almonte from the game. Uh, there were two on, two out, but Almonte's been pitching well, and he had been pitching well in that inning. The slider was going well. His fastballs that got hit through were not in the best of locations, but they weren't terrible they were low they were hard they were you know cutting a little bit uh the 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 types of things you want to see and so and it really looked the way he kind of slowly walked out that they were getting ready to talk strategy so i don't know if almonte said hey i'm not sure i've got my best stuff right now or i i had a weird thing or i got a stomach bug or or if they started talking and buddy just had to change it or maybe i just read the initial interaction wrong any of these things could be the case 
whatever happened, but he signaled out to Carlos Estevez. Because typically, too, the manager will, will signal out as they're walking to the hill if their mind is already made up. Um, but after a little bit of a conversation, he signaled out for Carlos Estevez, who came in and threw one pitch to Cole Calhoun that very, very easily and very almost uh, spun the game the other way, right? Almost flipped this thing on its head, driven out to deep left field. But Raimel Tapia was able to track it down. A little bit of a jump, probably uh, maybe didn't need to do that, but still caught the ball on the warning track up against the wall. It, it was close, though, uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible pitch from Estevez at 98 and away, kind of on the black. Calhoun just went with it. It's a good hitter. Uh, almost got it. Not quite. Uh, those are the kinds of breaks that have been going against the Rockies during the losing streak. They caught a little bit of one there, though, again, it's like if Daniel Murphy's line drive to the warning track earlier had been a little bit one way or another, it's a basis clearing three run double, right? So I, I almost feel like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies had dual deep drives that could have been a big blow in the game, but ended up as warning track outs. That one there for Estevez and the Rockies. And then Estevez stays on for the eighth. No such issues there in the eighth. Starling Marte did get him for a little bouncy, choppy, weak Baltimore nonsense um, single to right. And then Estevez came back and threw Christian Walker three consecutive 98-mile-an-hour fastballs, high and tight, on the black. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, sir. That was about as dominant a strikeout as you're going to see at the major league level. That, that was as completely as you're going to see somebody blow away a guy with three straight fastballs. And Carlos put them all right where he wanted to. Big fist bump on that third one uh, to make sure that Marte stayed there at third and that, again, that wonky sort of unlucky play that's gone against the Rockies and then turned into a big nightmare just turned into a single, just turned into a single to right. No big deal. A little bouncy ball single to right that's bad luck. Doesn't have to become the tying or uh, part of the go-ahead run if the next guy hits a home run, right? Nope. No such problems. Estevez gets out of there. And then once again, this has got to be strange for the guys uh, on the Arizona Diamondbacks. But Daniel Bard, who was coaching for them last year, was a mental skills coordinator for that team, comes out and gets his second save of the season, the first one also against the Arizona Diamondbacks. But in that one, uh, you, you know, th this, this was a more complete save to be sure, in this tight game here for the Rockies. The one-run lead going into the ninth. Nobody is feeling super confident that the Rockies are coming out of there with the victory, right? Nobody's confident in that. And nobody was even for sure who was going to be the closer. And there it is. It's Bard. That's the right call. Certainly against these guys, it seems to be. And he pitched very very well. A one, two, three inning finishes it off with a strikeout on a breaking ball at the back foot of Steven Vogt. Still sitting 97, 98 with the fastball, hitting the edges with it mostly. 
you know, the, the one pitch I'm sure he'd like back that he had against Cody Bellinger in game two against the Dodgers out there. Other than that, Daniel Bard uh, has been very, very good this year for the Rockies. And so uh, it's probably the fifth time, different person I've said this about so far this season, but he's probably your de facto. That's why I keep using the word de facto, which basically means, you know, default and until further notice, uh, Daniel Bard's probably your closer. Uh, Yancy Almonte looked very comfortable in his seventh inning role. It's become very clear the Rockies just don't just don't trust either of their lefties in the bullpen. Uh, there, there were a couple of situational opportunities you could have brought one in uh, with lefties stacked up to finish an inning, uh, and, and Bud Black just wasn't going to risk it with the way those guys have been pitching so poorly. And so, yeah, that remains an issue. But other than that, those are the guys you're confident in, Almonte, Estevez, Bard. And when it sets up like that and they pitch that way, again, this is the formula for the Colorado Rockies. It's how they won games in 17 and 18 when they were good. It's the type of games that they lost in 19 when they were bad, although they got blown out a lot more in 19. And this year when they had been playing well, they were winning these types of games part of the losing stretch they were losing some of these types of games as well particularly there in houston and the non-competitive garbage to finish out against houston in la right and that's when you really start to worry about the team so to see him bounce back game one in arizona what's the formula pitching defense keep the score low get a key hit there it was and to be able to now, I don't know the, what we can rely or expect, you know, for Castellani to do, but a 354 ERA at this point through how many starts has he made? I'll, I'll double check this as we're talking about him, but it's, you know, for a guy who really wasn't expected to be a part of this team in, in any kind of important way, you know, Peter Lambert, before he had to go down with the Tommy John and Chichi Gonzalez and Jeff Hoffman were all above Ryan Gonzalez, uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Castellani on the depth chart. And so this was his fourth game, and he has pitched well in all four of them. Good to great in all of them. From somebody that they weren't expecting, but had been... Uh, a big prospect in their system for quite some time. The shine had come off of him, and we had talked about that. But he's always had this stuff, and you can see it. The slider out there was filthy. And if he's going to give you a quality start and got his first career win tonight, and it's starting to feel like you can at least count on him for a quality start, not to dominate. He's going to give up these couple of home runs. You hope he doesn't walk guys or give up base hits in front of him, and he continues to keep that base hit count low. Just three hits, two of them homers on the night against Castellani. Guys aren't lining him up often. When they do, it tends to go over the wall, but out of a rookie who's four games into his major league career and pitching in the fifth spot in your rotation and feeling like a, a near automatic quality start, that's really good news for the Rockies moving forward. And while the incident, I don't, I don't know how stretched out he is. I don't know what the pitch count, if he's on a pitch count. I know he didn't throw a ton. 
let me see what he what he's got here. He threw 82 pitches on the night. So he probably could have gone back out for another one, but I, I think Buddy, you know, was saying, hey, uh, it's the first time he's gone six. I think it's the first time he's been able to depart the field up and in line for, a you know, the win, quote unquote. But I think more than anything, like he just, he had a one, two, three inning. He finished on the strikeout. And I think Buddy really wanted him to finish on a positive note. But it would not surprise me if next time out, if he's at 82 pitches after six, he goes right back out there for the seventh. He does still need to tighten up some of the command stuff. Um, but that slider is a weapon that can bail him out of. And, and the curveball is no joke either. And he had a good changeup going tonight. His fastball was probably his you know, wonkiest pitch, his, his most uneven pitch. And, and he used it effectively because he used it in spots. It was a really, really smart game plan from, from him and Tony Walters against the lineup we've seen put up huge numbers against the Rockies. So very, very good stuff. You can't take that away. Castellani, the bullpen, or what Walters, Tapia, and of course Trevor Story with the one big shot that the Rockies were able to get out there tonight. So quality win. We'll see if they can get another one. As Patrick and I have talked about, these are the biggest games of the Rockies season against the Diamondbacks and Padres. These are the teams that they need to beat in order to get themselves into a decent playoff seed, if we may use that word in baseball, which is a word we've never been able to use before, but just makes all the sense in the world for this season. I really, uh, think i'm going to wrap it up here at this point because we've got a lot more to talk about tomorrow more stuff to dive into so i'll leave it there for now and just say i appreciate everyone hanging out make sure that you're subscribed to our youtube channel so you can join us for the live chats after again every single colorado rockies baseball game this year live chat on youtube subscribe there hit the bell icon so that you get a notification whenever we're going live Make sure you're subscribed to us at the dnbr.com so you don't miss out on any of the written content. Plus, you get discounts on merchandise like this hat and shirt that I am currently wearing. We got masks. We got all kinds of cool stuff for all your favorite Colorado sports teams. Make sure you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, and at dnvr underscore Rockies. And just continue to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you, I very much promise you, the one thing I can promise you, that I will remain absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com